Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 88 is entitled, Let Us Stand Together. This morning at 4 a.m., I'm an early riser. I was reading Isaiah chapter 50. One's first impression of Isaiah is that he seems, upon a cursory reading, to be talking about a faraway land that has no relevance to one's own personal dilemma. But this time, reading Isaiah, I had an entirely different experience. I felt like Isaiah was talking directly to me. Bad news had made me feel low for several days, and I couldn't seem to shake it off. When I was a little boy, my mother said to me that she was going to quit reading the newspaper and watching the news because it left her with such depression. I could not comprehend what she meant. Mother was an avid reader and always seemed to have a book in her hand. Our black and white TV set had only three channels. In those days, there was no late night TV, and the test pattern didn't end until 10.30 a.m., at which time the Howdy Duty show came on. That would have been in the 50s. For some reason, I was startled by her statement, so much so that it has come back to me hundreds of times over the years. My mother passed away at the happy age of 90. Her mind is strong as ever, but I remember her words every time I allow the news to weigh on me, which is often. My wife Linda is constantly telling me to quit watching the news because sometimes I fall into a kind of despair for days. At this writing, we have a $30 trillion debt, open borders, runaway inflation, war between Ukraine and Russia, threats of nuclear weapons, climbing gas prices, unabated COVID pandemic, increasing violence and crime, a breakdown of law and order, a breakdown of the family, tribalism, declining morals, and inability to discern simple laws of nature, serious charges of corruption in high places, dissembling reporters, corrupt judges, but the list appears endless. And what is worse, we have leaders who appear to have no comprehension of simple cause and effect. Their denial of any responsibility and their shallow solutions increases the problems. So what does that have to do with Isaiah 50? Let's take a look. It is short, so let's work through it concept by concept. Thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement? Whom have I put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. Isaiah 51 Of course, the Lord is talking about someone else, right? Wrong. He could just as easily be talking to America today. Our forefathers did not doubt that our nation was built by faith. Listen to the words of George Washington at his first inaugural address. I dwell on this prospect with every satisfaction which an ardent love of my country can inspire, since there is no truth more thoroughly established than that there exists in the economy and course of nature an indissoluble union between virtue and happiness, between duty and advantage, between the genuine maxims of an honest and magnanimous policy and the solid rewards of public prosperity and felicity. Since we ought to be no less persuaded that the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. 
and since the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty and the destiny of the republican model of government are justly considered as deeply perhaps as finely staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the american people how far we are removed from the religious views of our founding fathers can you imagine george washington listening to the news today Do not the words of Isaiah ring true now as they did nearly 3,000 years ago? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. Isaiah 51 However, the Lord through Isaiah is actually speaking words of hope, not of despair. First, the Lord establishes his authority. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all, that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea, I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh, because there is no water, and dieth for thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make sackcloth their covering. Isaiah 50, 2-3 Just as the Lord is offering the children of Israel the hand of redemption, He is also offering it to us. He reminds us of His omnipotence. Is my hand shortened at all, He says, that I cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? It is a clarion call to return back to Him. As a nation, that is our only hope. It is in our hands, as Christians individually, to turn back to God. There is no greater patriotism than to pledge allegiance to God. It is our Savior and Redeemer who is speaking through Isaiah. Isaiah wrote about 900 years before Christ's birth in Bethlehem, yet he prophesies of how he will be treated. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning, he waketh mine ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheek to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Isaiah 50, 4-6 As a young boy, Christ confounded the leaders in the synagogue with his learning. But in Isaiah, who does he address his remarks to? That I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He is speaking to all of us who are weary of worrying, weary of struggling, weary of bad news. Now I understand that he isn't just talking to the Jews of ancient times. He is talking to you, and he is talking to me. However, unlike the descriptions of his second coming, the Savior did not come with sword in hand. Notice how he dealt with his enemies. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheek to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. That is not what the house of Israel wanted to hear, and that is not what we want to hear today from our Savior. We want the Savior whose vesture is dipped in blood. The Jews, during the time of the Roman oppression, wanted to be delivered from slavery. They wanted a God of war. Are we that much different? Don't we want to return railing for railing, hatred for hatred, fire for fire? That is the great dilemma of Christianity, isn't it? When do we submit, and when do we stand and fight? And how do we fight? Word for word, 
violence for violence and sword for sword? Or do we have the tongue of the learned? Do we know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary? Will we wake morning by morning with ears to hear as the learned? Jesus knew when to use the soft word and when to use the whip and clean out his temple. He didn't fly off the handle, as we would say. He sat down and wove his whip. He knew how and when to act, and he was fierce. Notice the next words in Isaiah 50. For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Isaiah 57. What does it mean to set your face like a flint? It means to be unyielding, firm, fixed, determined. Christ was pushed and shoved, insulted and abused, but he was always in charge. He always knew who he was and why he was on earth, and he acted accordingly. Again, consider his advice. Imagine as if he is talking to us as Christians today. He is near that justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Christ, of course, is speaking of the Father. Christ is justified by the Father because, as always, he does the will of the Father. In effect, he is saying, With the Father on my side, who can contend with me? Then he calls for unity. Let us stand together, he said. If all Christians heeded that call and stood together with Christ against the rising evil that is trying to destroy the liberty of our nation and replace it with their own version of liberty, which is libertarianism, then we could ask, with Christ on our side, who can contend with us? In a bold statement, Christ asked, Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. That is not the act of a shy warrior. Bring it on, he is saying. I am justified by the Father. I have right on my side. I will prevail. Christ declares, Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall all wax old as a garment, and moth shall eat them up. Isaiah 50, 8-9 If we stand on the side of right, on the side of God, family, and country, we have this promise. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall wax old as a garment, the moth shall eat them up. The Savior continues. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Isaiah 15, 9-10 Examine the audiences. There are two. The first audience consists of those that fear the Lord, obey his voice. The second audience consists of those that walk in darkness, hath no light. But to both audiences he says, Trust in the name of the Lord, meaning the Son of God. Stay upon his God, meaning the Father. In other words, if you keep his commandments, you will prevail. In the conclusion, the Lord speaks directly to the wicked. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourself about with sparks, Walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that ye have kindled. Do you know what it means when the Lord said, 
all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire, and in the spark that ye have kindled. The Lord is speaking to those who reject his gospel, his commandments, the words of his prophets, and walk in the light of their own fire, that follow their own views, their own agenda. Those who replace the Ten Commandments and the virtues of Christ with political correctness and with their own prefabricated views of morality that go against the commandments of God. The outcome of those who fight against God is bleak. This shall ye have of my hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. Isaiah fifty eleven. Clearly, the Lord does not want us to sit still. Let me quote from an address by John Stuart Mill, author of On Liberty, that he delivered in 1867 in an inaugural address at the University of St. Andrews. Let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Bad men need nothing more to compass their ends than that good men should look on and do nothing. He is not a good man who, without a protest, allows wrongs to be committed in his name and with the means with which he helps to supply, because he will not trouble himself to use his mind on the subject. But through Isaiah the prophet, as recorded in chapter 50, the Lord shows us the way. He gives us ten principles of action. 1. Have faith in God. 2. Know how to speak a word in season. 3. Do not return railing for railing. 4. Be resolute, as Christ said, I set my face like a flint. 5. Stand together. 6. Call upon the Lord, and He will help us. 7. Fear the Lord. 8. Obey the voice of His prophets. 9. Trust in the name of the Lord. 10. Stay upon God. The lines are drawn. Our democratic republic is being threatened. The press has largely joined with those who want to destroy our Constitution and Bill of Rights and set up a new form of government. Corporate America has joined with the democratic socialists who want socialism and a new world order. It is now that as Christians, if we want to preserve freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to act in accordance with the Holy Scriptures, and freedom to teach and preach the gospel, we must follow the admonition of Paul. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians six thirteen through 18 Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.